guys. Welcome back to another episode of Amy Weber Unleashed. I'm your host, Amy Weber. And today I have a pretty badass girl, I think, on the show. And her name is Julie Wilson. Julie, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. Every day is a little better. Oh, (laughs) nice. You're in Los Angeles, right? I am. I just flew in from there. I come to Vegas to do the show. So oh, nice. I know I was saying the turbulence was pretty crazy and um, social media, I, I have this whole love hate relationship with it. And I was explaining that on TikTok, there's these, you know, twin pilots and they talk about how turbulence is not a big deal and it doesn't scare them. So therefore, when I flew in today because of TikTok, I was like easy peasy, to, like it did not bother me whatsoever, which brings me to your Instagram page, which really caught my eye. There was a post that you just put your very last post and I just loved it, Julie. I mean, I just, it was so much of what I preach in life about, you know, just taking care of yourself and knowing what you deserve and knowing when to walk away. Um, Can you talk a little bit about like what prompted you to put the post out and kind of just tell my audience about it? Sure. Yeah. I've had one of the worst years of my life. Um, and that's saying a lot cause I've had some doozies. No, it's okay. Everything's good now. I mean, it's getting better. Um, just getting out of a very manipulative relationship. Um, the, the problem I hadn't really verbalized much about what I went through with him. I'd been with him for 10 years Wow. because I was embarrassed, um, a little bit ashamed, uh, especially at this stage in my life. I mean, I've raised a son on my own. I've had a successful two, two successful companies. And, you know, I feel like I should be smarter, you know, and, and I was very bamboozled and, and, and I don't, I don't want to act like a victim. I don't like to do that either, but I, I think it's very important to be honest. And I realized yesterday that I would rather be honest and try to help other women to not be ashamed yeah, uh, and, and to be a little bit more public about what happened with me, because a lot of people, knew my soon to be ex-husband and me, and they thought everything was perfect. And, um, it really was not. And it was a silent killer for me. And I've been married before. And my first husband, I was really young. Um, he's the father of my child and it was some really significant abuse that happened with him. This was different because it was so subtle. Okay. And so, um, you, like I said, in the post, you don't have to have black eyes (laughs) And you don't have to have, um, you know, someone physically assaulting you for you to be getting, you know, experiencing some abuse. Right. You can have financial abuse. Um, you can have manipulation tactics because someone's super codependent. You can have threats. Um, and all of these things were happening, but it was happening very slowly. Okay. And it was, I think someone said there's a t-shirt that said love kills slowly. And I, I've never resonated so well with a, with a slogan before in my life. <laughs> So was there something that was there something that was just sort of the pivot point where you finally had had enough or you just woke up one day and realized, wow, this the last several years of my life have just been not what I deserved? Yeah, I I think, you know, when you get to the point of leaving it, 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 your realization happens way before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You don't just wake up one day, say, okay, I'm done. And you leave. I mean, you it's a slow process. And I, I think for the the last two years of my marriage before I left, I knew that I needed to get out. Um, I had begged for changes to happen. 
I had um, begged for therapy, begged for all kinds of things and no changes were happening. He wasn't so, open to therapy. He wasn't open to it. He wasn't open to even admitting we had issues. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. And it was, it, it was, there was so much neglect going on in the relationship and the marriage that uh, I felt so lonely and isolated and I was in a marriage and here, you know, I'm posting on social media, we're in Vegas or we're here, we're there. Meanwhile, I'm empty inside. Isn't that the worst? It is the worst for me. Like it's one thing when you're alone and you're alone, but then when you're with someone that's supposed to be your partner or your parent or whatever it is, and then the neglect is so severe that you just feel this loneliness. It's hard to describe, right? This just Mm -hmm. utter loneliness. It was, and and I'm not going to get into the long, boring details. I mean, the whole gist of it is it was unhealthy. It was toxic. It was time for me to leave. Yeah. Um, I think what really helped me was my son grew up and moved out, and then it was really just me. Right. So I was like, okay, I have to make a change. When I finally decided to leave um, is when things really flipped because it went from total neglect to complete obsession and smothering. Oh gosh. Because he wanted to get me back. You know, I mean, he laid across the driveway, you know, he took his shirt off and said he was going to stab himself in the heart. Oh my gosh. Um, came to my house, broke in my house, stole my jewelry. Uh, there was so, I had to get a temporary restraining order against him. So it went from, I don't really care about you sleep in the guest room, work, you know, seven days a week to obsession. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you gifts. I want you to come back to me. And there were several parts of me that thought maybe I should, but I knew that it was empty promises. It right. was, it was, um, you know, him acting out of desperation. Then he said he was going to kill anybody that I dated. Um, oh my goodness. It, it was insane. Yeah. So I went from someone who basically paid no attention to me to complete stalking and smothering. And I didn't know how to handle it. It was such a, a knee-jerk reaction that was just based out of, you know, um, codependency and insecurity. And and his his response to me questioning his behavior would always be like, well, I never thought you would really leave. So now that you have, I'm going to change. Okay. Got it. You know, and it's then, you know, crazy. I, no one <laughs> is equipped for this, right? No one no. is equipped when people, um, for any of this. I know I remember, and it's, it's, it, I talk a lot about how from people looking from the outside in, right. And especially with the day and age of social media, it is all very glossy, right. And I'm, I'm just as guilty as, you know, the next person of wanting people to, you know, think that, I just believe that everything is good and I have it all handled. And, you know, that was a really big thing for me to do the podcast just to say, you know, I don't, I don't have it all handled. I'm doing the best I can. I'm spiritually trying to grow as much as possible. I'm, you know, taking care of myself in a way that I never thought possible, like with my health and what I'm eating and things like that. It took me to, you know, 50 years old to finally come to these things, but to, um, yeah, just to be able to to explain to people that, you know, oh, how would that happen to you? I mean, look at you. You're a beautiful woman, right? I'm sure the pictures of you guys were amazing. And to think that these things were happening behind the scenes. I mean, I remember I was in college dating a guy that everyone wanted to date. They thought I was the luckiest person in the world, very popular guy. Um, but when I broke up with him, he went crazy. He stole my cat, right? 
and oh my yeah, stole my cat. And then um, I had to, I got into an altercation with him. Um, he tried to stop me from leaving once I had the cat. He had no food, no water for her. And I wasn't a cat person. I was just really poor going to college. It was the only thing I could get. I couldn't get a dog at the time because I was so busy working and stuff. But I just remember, I don't know what came over me, but I just, you know, you'd finally snap to the point where you're like, this is bullshit. And um, I slammed his wrist against the door because he wouldn't let me leave. I guess apparently I broke his wrist. I didn't mean to. But then I had to go to the police station because he had stolen a bunch of my other stuff and his sister was there and I could feel her walking behind me. And here I am putting a key in between each one of my fingers. I could see her reflection in the cars. She was getting closer to me and I thought... Oh my gosh, now I'm gonna have to like knife this woman with my keys. You know what I mean? Like it's like people have no idea what other people are going through, right? I mean, I don't know. It's oh, it's I'm so sorry you went through that. Like it's, I'm listening to your story and I'm heartbroken for you. It's like and and you, that you don't know the severity of it. Like I said, things are not always what they appear. And I think social media is a very good tool, but it's also very bad at times because it makes people compare their lives to others. And that's another reason why I wanted to be a little bit more truthful with my situation, because I don't want to give the false impression that everything was perfect. And just because you look at something on social media or you see someone post a picture, you see their life, you know, people get depressed. Like they think that's how my life should be. Right. When in fact, most people are having or struggling. And yeah, that's a standard that is just not, it's unattainable, really, that standard that social media puts out there. And my ex would, um, was all about show. So he wanted me wearing red bottom shoes and Versace and Gucci, but yet he would, you know, he, it took him, he, he wouldn't pay my car payment. He, he didn't have health insurance for me for like the first three years we were t- together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm working at a bar five nights a week because our business went bankrupt from COVID and he's, you know, buying me $1,200 pair of shoes. Um, you know, his, his daughter lived with us. She was, had severe drug issues and there were, you know, he bought her drugs, oh allowed gosh. it to happen in, in my house, allowed it to happen with my son living there. Um, it was, there was so much, but yet we'd post a picture, you know, I'm wearing a $2,000 dress and I didn't show off those things, but you know, it's just, right. it's an appearance. And I just, I look back at my life and I look, you know, your memories pop up yep. like Facebook memories. And I'm like, my smile is so plastic. Yes. I just am not a happy person there. And I'm thinking, you know, and of course he doesn't have the money that he acted like he did. Right. So it's, it's all a front. It's usually just a flex. And I mean, it's such a flex yeah, really. Totally. So you know, I've heard people make comments, oh, well, you're going to get half of everything. And I'm like, he has nothing. Like, <laughs> he has absolutely nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm getting nothing, but I don't care. I'm happy, Yeah. you know, and, and that's the, the most important. But sometimes being in a situation that is mediocre, complacent, but you're slowly dying inside, right. it's, it's a lot easier to leave someone who's hitting you every day, you know? Sure. Um, and I shouldn't say easier because that's hard to get out of too. I'm not diminishing that, but it's that silent, passive aggressive abuse that we put up with a lot of times, men and women both, but a lot of women put up with it because, you know, we want to save the family or we don't want to have to go through a divorce and, and, you know, and then they get in your head, they make you think, Hey, you can't, 
You're never going to find anybody that loves me like you. Right. You're never going to find anybody that, you know, he would say that all the time. And I'm like, did you believe it? You believed him. I think on a subconscious level, because he said it so much that I started to believe it a little bit, which is completely ludicrous because of course there's going to be other people that could love me more so because his love was toxic. But, you know, I went and did, um, I went to a retreat in Mexico and I did ayahuasca. Oh, wow. And I had a revelation when I was on ayahuasca that was like, you're not growing old with him. You cannot stay. And his, this sounds crazy. I don't know how spiritual minded you are, but I, his dead mother came to me when I was on ayahuasca and told me to leave him. Unbelievable. Um, so that's pretty crazy. But anyway, I, I mean, it's, it, I don't know if it's in my head or what happened, but it, but was it doesn't really powerful. matter. It doesn't matter what, yeah. what it was because it's just, it's what you needed to hear at the time. So however it came to you, it doesn't right. doesn't really matter what the messenger was, but I always like hearing, um, I don't wish that you had gone through this, but for me, it's always helpful to hear other people's perspective, like women that, you know, have stayed in abusive situations, you know, again, whether that's physical abuse or mental abuse or neglect, or like you said, financial, there's so many different types of abuse because, you know, my mother stayed in a horrible abusive relationship with my father. And I've had a really hard time. I say I've forgiven her, but if I'm being totally honest, I really haven't because it made my life so bad as a kid. And I know people say, yeah, but look at how strong you are and look at how independent you are and what that did for you. But I'm like, but you don't understand the flip side of it that psychologically, like myself, I had no self-esteem. I couldn't look anyone in the eye. So I, it's not that I enjoy hearing your story, but I, I, I love hearing from intelligent women that can help me understand the reasons why some women stay and what people are like, what the man is saying to them or the woman is saying to them to get them to stay in that really unhealthy, toxic situation. Mm -hmm. And I think, like I said, it's a slow, you know, and, and when, when they get in your head like that, um, my ex is a very, an amazing salesperson. I'll give him a compliment there. He's an incredible salesperson, um, con artist, salesperson, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, he would do things that were so unstable. Yeah. And now that I'm out of it, I look at it like, 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 like the knife and the laying across the driveway. And I mean, this is a man, he's almost 60, by the way, he's 16 years older than me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's not normal. <laughs> and you know, he, I come back from Mexico and he tattooed my birthday in giant Roman numerals across his chest. Oh man. And was like, would any other man do this for you? And like, he rips open his chest and is like, got your birthday on my heart and I'm sitting here and I, it's not that I, I didn't think that was romantic. I thought it was extreme, but I was like, wow, he really must want to change. Looking back, that's such an unstable thing for someone to do when you're separated <laughs> like, right. or even when you're together, like to just be like, you know, um, it, it was just, there was so much instability that I looked over um, because he kept saying it was love, but it wasn't love. It was, right. it it's was obsession. Um, it's obsession. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So were you able to talk to your son ever? Did he know? Did your son really understand like what you were going through all those years? My son hated him. Okay. Um, he, when we moved out here, because my son was 16 when I married him. So he was older 
And we've been through a lot together. I had my son when I was really young. And he just, I think my son was very hopeful in the beginning, like, oh, this, because he's such a great salesperson. This is a really nice guy. He's older than you. He's more stable. Like, and he, you know, of course he put laid on the charm to my son too. So we moved out to California because I'm from North Carolina. We moved out to California. I married him. Um, and my son was happy about it in the beginning, but living with him, seeing how much neglect he give towards his mother. Yeah. Um, how hard I had to work to survive out here. Um, while, like I said, his drug addicted daughter lived with us, his sister, his nephew, like the, the, it was so much of that going on that my son just grew absolute disgust and had no respect for him. Right. Um, and so when my son finally moved out, he was like, mom, you know, I just don't like him. I'm sorry. If you love him, that's fine. But I just don't think you're happy. Right. And he was so glad when I left him. So, so glad. So yeah, that post was incredible for people that haven't seen it. You can go to her, um, her Instagram. We'll make sure that you have it, but it's you walking away. And that's not, uh, not necessarily an easy thing to do just to pick up the pieces and start over, start from scratch, especially, you know, um, you have a grown son, right? You have a lot of responsibilities and, um, I know I I probably have a tendency to kick people out of my lives a lot easier than most people do. And people are always like, How? I don't understand, like, you know, but they're family or you've been with them. Like, why not? And it's just, I think you have to get to the point in life where you, you're so solid on your self-worth, right? And how valuable you are and what you bring to the table that if someone is not appreciating that, respecting that, there's no boundaries. Um, they're not adding to your life. They're taking away from your life. You have to walk away. You really do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my ex would say things like, and I'm with you to, to talk about what they say to you because it's important. They use words okay, and as tactics, but he would say, you know, on just to carry on with what you just said, you know, he would say things like, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to be able to make it without me helping you. Um, you know, you're, it's, it's, you're going to meet a guy who's, who's not going to be able to treat you right. Who can't support you. And that's so not true. I've been so resilient and independent my whole life, but you just hear that over and over again. And you then think, he's planted, he's planting seeds of doubt mm -hmm. in, in your head, hoping they grow. Yeah. But and you, they did for a bit. Yeah. They did. And then he would say things like, it's easy to walk away. It's hard to make a marriage work. You're choosing the easy route. But I disagree. I think it's harder to walk away, like you just said. It is. It's easy to stay complacent. People do it all the time. People yeah, that's just your day-to-day -day normal. That's what you're in. But yeah, it's it's hard to walk away because, Very. you know, obviously you probably had other relationships that were born from being married to him that maybe you still liked, right? That you were going to lose. I don't know if he has family or people that you were close to, but... But yeah, I've uh... actually, you know, what's so funny. There's not a single solitary person in the 10 years that I was with him that I miss. Wow. Not a see his mother was the only one I loved and she passed away. Okay. His kids were terrible to me. His family, they're all addicts. His friends are all about labels and you know, they're the ones posting the, you know, I'm in a yacht, I'm in a Maserati, but yet, you know, oh, they have, they have no, nothing. nothing secure for <laughs> those LA people, you know? What is it? Wait, a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of? They had none of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
they have like no retirement, no investments, nothing, but they're driving like a Rolls Royce. Like, you know, it's just, it's, and I just, I look, I'm like, I don't have a single person that I miss in his crew. If that doesn't tell me something. Wow. Of course he misses my family. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it was very telling to me to realize that there wasn't a single person that I met. Oh, and my dog, he got my dog. So no. I do miss her. But, <laughs> he got but the okay. dog. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so but it's, sorry. I, I, I just couldn't have her in my apartment. So otherwise I, I would have taken her, but. So how, if someone is in this situation, um, I mean, not that we're therapists. I was a psych major. I didn't get my degree. So I can't really give advice other than just, you know, I've lived it and, you know, you've lived it. And like, what would you say is just the first, I mean, it's just making up your mind, right? The first step is just, I deserve better. Well, and exactly. And I think too is, is to go with your gut. And it sounds like such a cliche thing to say. But I really want to say that in a way that's mindful okay? because we have gotten so far away from listening to our heart and our gut and we get, we're in our head. Well, yeah. it makes sense to stay or it's financially better for me to stay or, 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 you know, he's right. Nobody else is ever going to love me. That's all in your head. That's right. not the reality. If your body is tense all the time, I mean, my bones were literally breaking down. I had to have a total hip replacement this year um, at my age, but and I know now it was just from the constant stress and, and of the friction in my life. I, I was grinding my teeth at night. Um, I had constant, my, my body was constantly stiff Yeah. and your body is telling you. And I think, I think, you know, meditation, yoga, um, and if, if anyone has, you know, a spiritual interest towards God or what, whoever your God is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, to really get in tune with that because that will tell you exactly what you need to do. And my body was telling me for years and I, I was here. Yeah. I wasn't listening. Yeah. It's, it's i uh, I've been studying a lot uh, of Joe Dispenza and a lot of, I don't know if you follow his work and he's got a great series on Gaia. There's this great, I, they're not a sponsor, but I love Gaia. Gaia TV has a lot of great things, but I was so fascinated to find out that, you know, it's like, we use like 5% of our brain, right? I mean, 95% is subconscious. And I always knew, even when I went through my cancer, um, going through anything I go through, I always knew that it, I was causing it. I wasn't purposely causing it, but just whatever I was holding on to in my body because of the stress, the anxiety was causing disease in my body and making me sick. And so I would say I was making myself sick. I wasn't purposely making myself sick, but mentally, right. I was making my, my body sick. And so, yeah, I know I'm, I, I say it all the time. Now, the first thing I do in the morning is I go straight into a meditation. I do it as long as I can. I'm not great at it, but I'm gentle gentle with myself enough to know, like if I'm hearing things that I just bring back and it's not even right now, even about me trying to manifest anything. I'm just really trying to get back to that place where I feel whole and I can radiate just, I just want to radiate gratitude and love. That's it. That's my whole thing is like, if I can do that and that's how I start my day and I can hold on to that, everything changes about my life, people's lives that I come in contact with. So yeah, I think it's, it's spirituality, whether again, like you said, whether it's from a religious point of view, a spirituality point of view, whatever you believe in, if you can just get back to that, because we're all, um, gosh, we're just, 
we're in a bad situation. Like our world is in a really weird situation. And I, I know I wanted to talk to you a little bit also because you seem like such a really intelligent person and, and very approachable. And I saw that you had shown that you were getting an IV and that you probably were not going to get the vaccine. And I've been wanting to talk to someone about this. If you're open, are you open to talking about sure. the COVID vaccine? Yeah, so, you know, I never thought about vaccines, right? I know that I'm 51 and I know the amount of vaccines that I received compared to what they wanted to give my children was kind of outrageous. I don't know. And so I don't know that I was necessarily an anti-vaxxer. I was friends with Jenny McCarthy and I know that she had gone through a lot with her child, Evan, um, that she kind of attributed to that. And listen, I'm not a doctor, guys. I'm not giving you advice. I just want to share my experience but I just remember thinking, well, like we have running water and we have all these things. And it's like, why are they giving my kids? Why do they want to give my kids so many vaccines? But I thought, OK, I'll figure it out. Well, my kids were premature. And um, when my kids got ready to come home from the NICU, they were about five pounds. That's it. They were oh. about five pounds. And they said the nurse came and said, we need to give them a hepatitis um, shot. And I said, well, can we wait? on that because they're not even five pounds. And I know that the only way that you can get that type of hepatitis is through sexual intercourse or like <laughs> drugs. And I don't really see my five pounders like partying up, you know what I mean? And, and so she got really angry with me and, um, she was, she yelled and she was like, well, you're going to have to sign a release. And something just snapped in me. And I was like, well, you need to effing bring two cause I've got twins. Right. And I'll, mm -hmm. I'll sign them. And so I started kind of looking into things and my kids did get a lot of their vaccines, but there were some that just, they bothered me, right? The way that they were being like, for instance, if it was in like a monkey brain or a monkey organ and that particular animal maybe had disease and that batch of vaccine could then transport that right into my kids. And so, I don't know, I was very kind of like weird with my schedule and I broke them up. Okay, so fast forward and now there's COVID, right? And um, I kind of want to understand because for me, when it came to it, the type of cancer I had was because my mom was given a drug that caused cancer in me and my body's a little funky. So I had a lot of babies that my body didn't understand were fetuses. They, my body thought mm -hmm. that I had cancer again. So I lost a lot of children. I had a lot of miscarriages and I just didn't know what was going to happen with this crazy pan. We've never been through a pandemic. I mean, I, I haven't 51. I mean the last time. And so um, I don't know that I panicked, but I just remember thinking, I don't know what would happen if I got it because of the cancer and the way that my body doesn't know how to respond to certain things. And so I was kind of jonesing for that vaccine. Like I really, really wanted it. Um, even though I'm kind of against a lot of the other ones, I want to hear from your side because just people have like, it's not one side against the other. It's just an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all allowed to have opinions, even if they're different from one another, we should be able to respect. And I haven't been able to have a conversation with someone that isn't just down my throat, like how stupid am I to inject myself? And I don't know, I, I would love to hear your perspective. That's it. Um, you're exactly right. I think that we should be able to have an opinion. That's part of freedom. Yeah. I think we should have medical freedom. Um, and that's the, what, that's what I have an issue with. Um, I feel like if you 
research and you look and you you weigh the options and you decide to get it, then that's amazing and you should be allowed to do that. But I also feel like if you do research and maybe you feel like it's not for you or not for your children, then you should be able to have the right to say that, especially since there are proven adverse side effects to it. You shouldn't be forced or mandated to do something that has side effects. You should be able to research and make that decision for yourself. That's the problem that I have with it. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't like to call myself anti-anything. I yeah. think that's negative. I, and I've changed my mind on so many things in my life. Like I, That's why I've learned. I mean, I was a vegan for years, and now I eat meat. You know, I, I used to be more religious. Now I'm more spiritual. So I'm very open-minded yeah. to having my mind being changed. Um, so I never like to say I'm anti-anything. But right now, I've just decided against doing that um, because I'm very healthy. I'm extremely cautious on building my immune system. You know, I've worked in a restaurant throughout the entire pandemic. Yeah. Did nothing more than I already did. You know, of course I wore a mask and washed my hands, but I always wash my hands at work. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I was around people that got it. My aunt got it, got pretty sick because she was just over cancer. So her immune system was compromised. Oh gosh. She was really sick. Did I she go to the yeah. hospital? Did she go to the hospital or? She was in ICU until they, she got out. She had to take oxygen home with her, but she was so weak. She couldn't even take a shower by herself. And everyone was afraid to go take care of her. Oh, so no. yeah. I went and spent a week with her there. Um, never got it. Knock on wood. But I just, I'm a firm believer in my immune system being um, solid enough to handle it. My son as well. Yeah. I'm not speak, but I can't speak for everyone else. Right. Um, and I just, that's the problem I have is let's have choice, you know, let's be able to make that choice. And if you are so convinced that this vaccine works, then why are you so scared of people that don't take it? Right. That's the other question I have. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm like, what happened to us? Like, you know, try to have a conversation and people turn like they're, they're five years old. All of a sudden they're hurling, you know, slurs and names. It's like, can we just have a grown up conversation about this like everyone should have like you said their own opinion depending on what research they did and what's right for them may not be right for the next person I mean same thing like I have it I, I have both I haven't gotten the booster yet um, my kids are not vaccinated at this point I homeschool them so they're not really around people but I also same thing like they were premature they don't have the MMR vaccine I mean I don't know. I mean, and I look, I'm so cautious when it comes to everything, when it comes to washing my hands and wearing a mask and stuff. And I know a lot of people that makes people mad as well. But for me, I'm like, I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much for being open, right, about it to be able to show people that, you know, we made different choices that we felt were right for each other. But um, I feel like I could call you after the podcast and we would be friends. Like it it shouldn't, 100%. right? 100%. It shouldn't like define you as a person just because your choice, like, you know, oh, you know, you don't smoke cigarettes and you do. And now you're, ju- it's just so, ju- I don't know people become so judgmental nowadays. It's gotten so bad. And it's, it's heartbreaking to me because I feel like divide and conquer. I feel like division is what is causing so much animosity and anger and depression yeah. and anxiety. And, you know, not to sound like a total hippie, but I mean, it's about love and unity and we should be able to have freedom of choice on things. And I'm never going to judge anyone for 
what, what they do to their own bodies and their own life, as long as it is, you know, not affecting, like I said, like you're not out murdering people. Okay. There, there are right and wrong. Sure. Sure. But some people look at not getting a vaccine as murdering people like, and that's how extreme that we've gotten. Yeah. Um, and I just, that's, that's not rational. Yeah. That's not a rational take. And I like to talk to people that I have a differing opinion of because it makes me grow and expand as a person. Me too. And if I you know. immediately cut somebody down for not believing what you believe, then what, how boring of a world would we be in if everybody just believed the same stuff? Like you grow as a person. Right. Absolutely. When you're able to see someone else's, you know, opinion and why they feel that way about it. And yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I love this podcast. I love being able to reach out and, and just talk to people of all walks of life and hear their stories and hear their struggles and, you know, how they kind of got through the other side of it that they can maybe, you know, inspire other people. And it's like, I, I wish there was some magic formula that I had that I could reach out to people and just be like, just stop. Come on. Right. Just stop. We're really like, there's no united part of the United States of America right now, really. No, it's, it's, it's like us against them, them against us. And if you're a libtard, I mean, just these names, these weird, everyone just, they're on, both, like I, sides. on both, sides. both sides. Yeah. And it's so infuriating because I, and, and there's jumping to conclusions that yeah. happens. I actually had a person who, I don't want to say she was my friend, but she was an acquaintance. Used to be like a work colleague acquaintance. She sent me the nastiest message and I, I haven't even been public about vax or not, or I've just kind of been like, you know, I'm healthy. I believe in my immune system. If people ask, I tell them, but I'm not like shoving it down people's throats that I don't do it. Yeah. Um, and she said, oh, you're a, you're one of those conspiracy theorists, tr- you're Trump loving. I never, ever said I was a Trump lover. I was like, where did that even come from? It's like, you're just automatically lumped into these categories right? and it's, it's so negative and hateful and bashing. And I just, it's not going to be a way that we heal as a country. No, no, it's not. I know. Yeah. I don't know how, I mean, I'm trying to contribute in whatever way that I can, because look, I, we all have walked our walk. Right. And we've all kind of, you know, made our own choices. Um, but we all just still should be able to be able to give just human decency and human respect to to everyone, no matter how far apart we are in our opinions and our choices. And I got to we got to we got to figure out <laughs> we'll talk after this. We got to figure yeah. out a way to like get bring kind of people back together. So um, but thank you. I so Yes. Oh, I just wanted to share one thing. This is heartwarming. Um, going on that same subject, but, but kind of just taking another route. I have a very dear friend of mine who's transgender, one of my best friends, amazing person. When I first uh, met her, uh, because she was born a male and transitioning to a female, she's in the middle of the transitioning. She's only had part of the surgery and she's on their hormones. And I just, it was one of those people that I had an instant connection with kind of like how I feel like I'm having this with you. Yeah. Just her energy was amazing. And I just resonated with her and she really didn't look like a man trying to be a woman. She looked more like a, like a rock and roll, like a rock star, like androgynous, you know, like she'd have the she had short, dark hair and would wear like eyeliner and black, black nails, yeah. but still dress like a man. So 
I didn't know that she was actually transitioning. I thought that, you know, it was just a, 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 a really cool rock and roll androgynous, <laughs> you know, David Bowie kind of guy. And when I found out, I said, I said something like, what would, what pronoun would you like me to use to address you? Because I don't want to offend you ever. Like I want to be respectful. And she said, like so seriously and calmly just looked me in the eyes and put her hand on my hand and said, you can call me whatever pronoun makes you comfortable as long as you call me a friend. Oh my gosh. And it just, I was like, you know what? That is exactly the kind of attitude that will change people's opinion. I'm not saying that anybody that has a, a cause or something to stand for shouldn't be very adamant about that. Right. But when you are, when your mood and your attitude and your life revolves around what other people call you or how they look at you, or if you've been vaxxed or not, or if you're, you know, then you're really setting yourself up for a lifetime of disappointment. You're giving up your power, really. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's just, you know, a lot, but I'd like to share that story because it's, it just, it was the most, it brought a tear to my eye when she said that. So, and I we've love been that. Really good friends ever since. So, oh my gosh. Well, that's, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time today. I think you're awesome. And just a testament to, you know, like just listening to your gut and really hearing, you know, we all have it. Just sometimes we, you know, I talk about like, you feel when someone's looking at you, that's your gut, right? I mean, we all have it just for some reason, we all start ignoring it. So I don't know, through us, hopefully people can just be a little bit nicer to other people. Um, I'm not saying be a doormat. Obviously, if you're in a terrible, abusive relationship, you have to get out. The time is now. I mean, look, yeah. uh, if, if COVID's taught us anything, it's that, you know, there is no guarantee. Tomorrow is not promised. And so you really have to live life to the fullest and not just for you, um, but for the rest of the world. Because when you're a happy, fulfilled person, you radiate that out. And that does affect other people around you. And that's probably how your friend was. They finally were able to be their authentic self and they were happy. And therefore, mm -hmm. they didn't care about their pronoun. It was more important that they had a great friend like you. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank and you. I just want to throw this out there. If there's anybody struggling, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a doctor, but I'm always here to offer a lending ear. Send me a DM um, if I can help another woman have the strength to remove herself or man, uh, have the strength to remove themselves from that situation. Um, I'm here, you know, I just, I want to, I don't want to see anybody waste their life. Oh, thanks, Julie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And for everyone else, thank you again for a great show. I really appreciate you tuning in and until next time, I'll see you later.